When we are hurting, the healthiest, most appropriate thing to do if we want to be healthy human beings is to have sadness or frustration or disappointment. The job is to be congruent. It's not to numb your feelings so that you have this permagrin, this happiness all the time, no matter what. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how do I become a happy person? Yeah, it's happy talk today. It is. It's a good question, though. How do I become a happy person when the world might not be so happy? Yeah, it's a good one. Let's see if we can figure it out. Okie doke. Here we go. Okay, so here's the follow-up question for our last podcast episode that was just released. Um, She says, how do I make myself happy? And let's go back one sentence. I am currently in, let's go back two sentences. Sorry, we're going to start at the very beginning (laughs) here. Let's just start over. (laughs) I understand it is not my husband's job to make me happy. That is my job. I'm currently in counseling. How do I make myself happy or is happy a choice? I choose or want to be happy, but I don't feel good sometimes, especially when pondering my relationship. Mm. So this is kind of more of a personal question rather than a relationship question, but it affects relationship stuff because if you can't regulate yourself, if you can't make yourself happy and you're looking for external things to make yourself happy when those external things go away or circumstances just aren't really great, then it's really hard to be happy. Right. So honey, how do you make yourself happy? How do I make myself happy? How, How do you be a happy person? Well, let me say this for me, because I'm very concrete and I'm highly sensitive person. So my emotions ebb and flow fairly, would you say dramatically? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. To be conservative. (laughs) To be conservative. And so I spend a lot of time, probably more time feeling not happy than I do happy. Okay. And one of the things that I learned to do that dramatically changes because I can't just say, okay, I'm just going to be happy. I'm going to push through whatever I'm feeling and just be happy. Maybe there are some people that can push that stuff aside. That's really difficult for me. Sure. But one of the things that I started doing that dramatically changed how I feel was starting a gratitude journal. Yep. And we've talked about this before, but doing a gratitude journal had profound impact on me. And I started out writing down probably five things a day. I was afraid I was going to run out, but I decided I was going to write down five things a day that I was thankful for. And I would do it in the morning so that I could start my day on a positive note, whether I got up feeling great or not. That's how I was going to do it. Whether I could think of five things that I was thankful for that I felt That didn't matter. I just had to write down things that I either could think of to be thankful for or things that I would want to be thankful for, just whatever popped into my head. And so it was hard. The first day I got up, it was a really bad day for me, and I could not think of a thing that I felt thankful for. But I do know things that when I'm in a better mood, things that I'm thankful for. And if you know me, you know I love neon colors. So that was one thing I was thankful for. I realized that the birds were out chirping in the backyard. And I thought, that's something I could probably be thankful for. So I wrote that down and I came up with five things. And I did this consistently every day. I didn't wait till the end of the day to look back and go, oh, I could be thankful that this happened, this happened, this happened. I intentionally started the day with a thankful. Yeah. 
And I think probably two weeks in, maybe three weeks in, somewhere in there, I told Paul, I said, wow, I am so surprised at the blinders that I have been living with. There are so many things around me that I can be thankful for and that I actually feel thankful for. And so doing that gratitude journal really changed my outlook and my view on life. And so whether we were having a fight or whether things weren't going well, I could go to gratitude and find things to be thankful for that would lift me up and pull me out of that kind of just like, I don't feel great, nothing's going my way. And it made such a significant difference. And and I don't write in it every day anymore, I don't need to, but when I start to feel myself slip into those just kind of like uh, attitudes or, or frustrations, I'll get it back out and I'll write it in again. Yeah. And it's incredibly helpful. And that is internally motivated. So my happiness is not dependent upon whether Paul and I are totally connected at the moment or whether whatever stresses are around. Would your marriage benefit from having one-on-one time with Paul and I? How about spending seven days with us learning how to apply all the tools you've heard about on the Secure Marriage Podcast to your own marriage? Better yet, how about doing all of that in a warm, sunny, stunningly beautiful part of the world? You're invited to be one of only seven couples to join us on our first ever marriage cruise in February 2023. We'll be sailing out of Los Angeles for the tropical waters of Cabo San Lucas, Puerto Vallarta, and Mazatlan, Mexico. While on the cruise, you'll get to stay in your own spacious balcony cabin aboard the beautiful Navigator of the Seas by Royal Caribbean. You'll also enjoy delicious food, stunning entertainment, and plenty of free time to get reacquainted with your spouse. If you want a memorable way to make your marriage better, go to Secure Marriage com forward slash cruise and submit your application. Time's running out and we only have space for a few more couples. So don't delay. While on the crew, while on the crew, why can't I say that word? Cruise. <laughs> while on the cruise, boy, cruise. cruise, time's running out and we only have space for I remember you doing that gratitude journal and it and it rubbed off on me. It rubbed off on my life because I started to genuinely find things I was grateful for. I wasn't even doing your stupid gratitude exercise. Right. And I ended up being thankful, doggone it, and feeling better. It is amazing how that works. The reason it works is actually something called your reticular activating system. She gets to kind of talk about just the practical side. Your reticular activating system is the thing that filters information in your world. And we are surrounded by good and bad things all of the time. But if you've been hurt and wounded, you are now wired to look for the things that can hurt and wound you because you don't want to get hurt and wounded anymore. That's just human nature. But then it also means you start to make those things that can hurt and wound you more important. And it looks like bad things are actually more prevalent around you. And so this gratitude exercise forces your brain to go, wait a second, there is good things around me, even though there's bad things around me as well. And it starts to balance out the scales. It's not so disproportionate to the negative. It's not skewed negative anymore. And it is, again, very powerful powerful how easily how quickly it works and i got to tell you it is a heck of a lot cheaper than counseling it's a nickel for a big pen and you can find a piece of paper or you can go buy a three dollar journal somewhere and you just start writing it is one of the tools that is probably the most powerful way to change your own perspective your own perception of your reality around you 
including your marriage, including your spouse, including the relationship that is hard or difficult or struggling. When you actively try to find things that you're thankful for, you stop trying to focus on the things that are bad and driving you nuts and you spend time focusing on the things that you actually like and appreciate, then you start to change your perception of the situation and you're no longer in that survival brain. You're no longer in that I've got to stop the pain brain and life gets better and the relationship gets better. So gratitude exercises are one of the most powerful things that we could recommend easily. The other thing that I always worked with my clients around was this idea that they would come in to a counselor, usually because something bad is happening. People don't go to counselors when life's going pretty good. They go into a counselor when things are bad and they're going, I want to feel good even though everything's going bad. Right. And it's like, well, I'm not so sure I can help you with that. I'm not so sure that that's actually appropriate because when we are hurting, the healthiest, most appropriate thing to do if we want to be congruent, if we want to be healthy human beings, is to have sadness or frustration or disappointment. The job is to be congruent. It's not to numb your feelings so that you have this permagrin, this happiness all the time, no matter what. I don't know how to generate that in people. I don't know how to provide the framework or the recommendations or the tools to make that happen. I actually don't think it's healthy to make that happen. Instead, what you do find out is when you start to accept yourself rather than constantly being critical of yourself, when you accept the fact that there are waves of good and bad and good and bad in life. And so when you are struggling, when you are hurting, if you're going, okay, I now accept the fact that this is a hard season at the moment. And I don't have to change it because I know a good season will probably come afterwards and I can still be healthy and behave appropriately in the middle of all of it. Then you don't end up in that hopeless or helpless state. Those are the two things which usually trigger even worse feelings, harder feelings, deep sadness, helplessness, hopelessness. Right. Those are really, really painful places to be. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is so true that... A lot of times, especially if we're just not happy, if things around us are going wrong, it gets exhausting and tiring to not feel happy sometimes. It's really frustrating. But you can't just pretend like you're happy. It just doesn't work. So you go through seasons and it's okay to feel that way. But when you have some tools to help kind of balance things out. So again, that's so good. I'm glad you're saying that. It's the principle of seasons. We're in fall right now. It's September when we're recording this episode and the weather is changing. It's starting to be colder in the mornings and the days are getting shorter. And I I love fall. My wife is going to start moving her to depressive season because she hates the gloom and everything. I love it. But if when the seasons change and it becomes winter and all the leaves are gone and it's cold and it's wet and it's snow and ice and all this stuff. And you're still trying to wear shorts and flip flops. (laughs) That doesn't work. It's hard to go through. But if you also believe that spring is never going to come. Summer's never going to come. It's always going to be dark and bleak. You start to lose hope. Yes. But the reality is spring always comes. Summer always comes. And if you have good tools to weather the cold, so a really good coat, you've made sure your car is running good so it's not going to break down. You've got an extra ration of uh, cocoa and a big stack of books by the fire. Then you can weather the bad seasons, the hard 
hard seasons without it having to be summer. And there are some people who go, I absolutely hate this. I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at God. I'm mad at the seasons. And I want it to be, I want it to be summer right now. I'm thinking no, of my wife no, at the moment. No, no, no. I don't think all of those things, but I definitely about mid-December go, oh my word, it's never, never, never going to end. end. Winter is never yeah. going to end. And sometimes we'll have a really bad, cloudy, rainy, dark, deep day. And I'm like, it's never going to be sunny again, ever, ever. Yeah. So our question for you is, again, for the woman who wrote in here, when things are going bad and when you aren't happy, do you have the tools and the equipment to weather that that emotional winter? Do you have ways to do self-care? Do you have ways to find encouragement? Do you have permission to have those feelings and not get stuck in hopelessness here. Do you have the tools to weather your emotional winter? And if you have a really good coat, if you have a really good fire, winter isn't that bad and you can move through it. You can weather it to, to use an appropriate tomb. You can weather it until better seasons come. That's the best way to, to answer this question of how do I be happy? The answer is you can't always be happy, right? But you don't always have to be despondent or distraught when things don't go good. Right. Now, to get happy, do everything my wife just said. Gratitude journals, the best way to start to change, to train your reticular activating system. That's the filter. It's on the it's on the base of your brain here, on the top of your brain stem, because we have millions of information every second and we can't process it all. And so your brain has to go, we're only going to let the stuff through that is really, really important. And that system is called your reticular activating system. And so it lets through the things that you have spent the most time focusing on. You can actively retrain your reticular activating system and the gratitude journal is the best way to do it. So that would be where we start. And how long did you do it, darling? Oh, several months. Yeah. I'm going to say six months or so. Yeah. When did you start feeling better? Oh, easily. Five and a half months in? No, no, no. Easily within two and a half, three weeks. It works really, really quickly. And, you know, again, there's nothing stopping you from actively doing this except your own fear that when you're already in a kind of a dark, heavy place, it's hard to get motivated and to do this. So you have to force yourself before you have your cup of coffee, before you have whatever that thing is in the morning, you kind of just make the rule. You have to do it. Right. And and you won't necessarily feel thankful or grateful for any of the things that oh. you write down to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ouch. I broke your leg there. You did. There's something. Hold on. Oh, okay, we're holding on for a second. Paul just ran off to the other room. Coming back. Oh, here he comes. It sounds like he's carrying a piece of paper. If you want a really good idea, and I found out the power of the X. Oh. This little chart right here is just a calendar I printed. And... I was using it when I was working out because I have a hard time working out and forcing myself to do that. And so I printed out this calendar and every time I worked out, I put a big honking X right on the page here. And believe it or not, this one simple tool kept me more consistent than anything else. I couldn't believe how good it worked. It's like the golden star. It's the gold stars you get in kindergarten. (laughs) She loves those things. I normally don't do them, but they work. They work really, really good. Print a calendar from the internet. There's a million free calendars and take a big red pen. And every day you have to do your gratitude journal and then put a big X on it that says, I've done it for that day. And now you have a consistent way of starting to make it 
a habit and a pattern rather than something that is horrific. Right. Well, and, and I wrote a breath from running. Yeah, from running across the house. And for my gratitude journal, I just wrote down what day it was. I put the date and the actual Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I need the so X. that he needs the X. <laughs> But it was nice for me to be able to go back and see on the dates on this date this month. I felt this way or these are the things I was thankful for. And it was just a really neat thing to be able to go back and see that those changes. I got one more. And I'm looking at the time here. I got one more. Yeah. A lot of people feel other people's emotions. So if you have a husband who's down, depressed, he's not engaged, then you get down and depressed and you don't want to be engaged. And so it's really hard to kind of fight that energy that's being sent by someone else who's kind of negative around you. For sure. So if you can practice this skill, which says, okay, before my husband was in the house, I when I was by myself, or if I was out by myself right now, running errands or doing, what would my state be? What would I be feeling if I was by myself? I call it the last man on the planet. There's nobody else around. What would you be doing? And then give yourself permission to do whatever it is you'd be doing if you were by yourself. So if you'd be having a good time, you're allowed to have a good time, even if your husband is not having a good time. If the other person is depressed or sad or frustrating, you could say, he wasn't here. What would I be doing? How would I be feeling? I'm going to be in that state of mind. It's called differentiation. You're able to separate out his feelings from my feelings. And there's also another phrase I stole from Caesar Milan, which says, the more you become like them, the less you can help them. So if your husband is down and depressed or he's not working on himself, the more you become like him, the worse it's going to be. So you actually have to start to build that resilience and that differentiation, which says, I'm going to be however I'm going to be as if this person wasn't here. Now again, that's not ignoring them, that's not treating them poorly, but it's helping you ground yourself in who you are in your own identity so that you can find that happiness piece, which isn't dependent upon other people or other circumstances outside of you. Yep, that's a good one. It is a good one. Yeah, I was wondering if you were gonna say that one or not. I did. You did. I'm good. Yes, you are. And we should probably stop, right? We're um, (laughs) extra good at the moment. What do you think? I think so. We really enjoy doing this podcast. We're glad when people send us questions, we love to answer them. If you have questions in your relationship, email paul at securemarriage.com or shannon at securemarriage.com. And we will be glad to answer them and probably make a podcast out of it. Yep. Other than that. I think that's it. I think that's it. Thanks everyone for watching. Technically listening. Listening. We'll see you later. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.